That question is so loaded, John. I don't even know where to start well, with that. Well, well, well I, I guess, I guess, I guess the problem is, is. And by the way, John, I love that question. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. This is an interesting. What's the solution here? Show up, understand your part, and just crush it. Pay-per-click, social media, we can talk about all this stuff, but what really matters is patient experience, that wow factor. Please, are you listening to yourself? Come on. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. So sit back, take notes, and listen. Oh, oh, I love this. This is going to be fun. Startup Uncensored, the questions you have with the truths you need to hear. And now your hosts, Michael Dincio and John Bertagni. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Startup Uncensored. Thanks for joining us again. Guys, this this is uh this was a big week for for John and I and, and Startup Uncensored. We are finishing Shark Week, and I don't know about you, John, but I'm exhausted. We we have covered real estate from top to finish or top to bottom rather. And uh, I think I you know this is just gut gut feeling. I feel like we're gonna end on on uh, on the best one. I don't know. John- I mean this this is the crescendo right here. No pressure. You know we've got. Andrew from uh, Crown Tenant Advisors, who represents, you know, six of our, you know, eastern seaboard states. Um, If I could geographically, you know, pinpoint those. Um, But man, you know, he's built an absolute machine for dentists, you know, young and old alike. And um, I know he's going to, you know, drop some huge pearls for us in our listenership. So, um, he's got 10, 10 great advisors and, um, you know, Andrew, thanks for being with us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to, to spend the, uh, spend the time with y'all. It's Love it. Tell us yeah. about crown, Andrew, like what you guys are all about, what you stand for, what your vision is over there. Yeah. We are a commercial real estate firm that works exclusively with dental and healthcare providers in real estate transactions. Uh, different from most other firms, and that's all that we do. We're, we're completely conflict-free. We never represent owners, landlords, or investors. And what that means for our clients is they're getting unbiased advice at every turn, and it usually results in better deal terms. Uh, we help them through uh, whether they're leasing or purchasing. I help them through the entire process. And our sole goal is to make sure that whatever their practice goals and objectives are, they align to the real estate, right? Which usually results again in it's we're going to get them better deal terms. And help them create a competitive advantage for their practice. And that and that's been the over overwhelming theme, John. Right? Like all all of the folks that we interviewed represent the ten, tenant and and not the landlord or ever the landlord. And so I think that's what really differentiates all of these guys that they've got our doctors back, and they're not in it for a, a dual representation type situation, right, Bud? I mean, it's not only that. It's the expertise, knowing that healthcare arena. And I'm jumping in. I'm jumping straight in. Enough pleasantries. Go. Andrew, you're going. Go. You're on stage. Here's here's a question. And actually, it's a scenario. And and what Mike and I like to do is we like to build scenarios so it's real-life situations. Mm -hmm. As as our, our listeners know, 
I've been in a lot of different facets. Right now I work for a manufacturer of equipment, but I've been through it all. A doctor came to me, a tenured doctor in his 50s, and he was saying, hey, I can't get my lease signed because there's terms of it that I don't like. And Andrew, the term is that he, the landlord is not willing to assign the lease to the next individual. Remember, he's in his 50s. He's not sure how long he's going to go, but that's the holdup. What is your take on that as a healthcare professional? Yeah, you brought up a great point, right? So there's um, there's a financial aspect. And hang on, hang on, Andrew, hang on one second. Let me explain. The actual individual is a commercial, but mostly residential realtor. Now go. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So I think you hit on a couple of good points here. Um, One, it is important to work with a healthcare-specific real estate advisor, right? Because there are things like the assignment clauses that matter more to dental and healthcare providers than your regular office tenant who um, may or may not be for that company in five years. But for a dentist specifically, who's going to likely transition their practice at some point during their career, they absolutely have to have the ability to assign the lease, right, to a new uh, purchaser of their practice. Now, landlords are going to have some heartburn maybe over the release cost part of that, right, because they want to make sure that, hey, if I'm signing it with this well-established doctor, that when I agree to transfer, I want to just make sure I'm getting someone that's going to pay the rent. Right, because I agreed to a deal with X. I don't know anything about Y at some point in the future. However, there's ways around that. There's negotiation tactics that we go through, um, but there absolutely has to be right. So when we've seen this over and over throughout the years, um, where doctors get stuck because they signed something 15, 20, 25 years ago with a different landlord, and that's an argument sometimes we get. Oh, we're 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 reasonable people. Well, you may not be the landlord in ten years, and guess what? That lease goes on. So I like you, I don't know about the future. Let's make sure from a uh, perspective of getting off of this lease that I can do it and it's written and binding um, and it's clear. And, and that's, you know, from the landlord's pers- perspective, that's the estoppel, right? The, 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 the individual does not have the ability to go to the landlord and say, here's my document and here's this individual and he's taking over my stuff, sign this document. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. I mean, most leases will say that the landlord has to give their consent to an assignment or a sublease of the lease. Now, most leases, if they're negotiated, will also add in a clause that they cannot unreasonably withhold consent, right? Yeah. So they can't just say, no, I don't want to deal with this. However, because of the high stakes of a dental transition and what that means for the selling doctor, typically, you want to be very clear in the event that the dentist or the doctor or the tenant, for that matter, uh, sells his practice or his business, he's got the ability without landlord consent to assign the lease, period. Well, you get that, that's listeners, great. Listeners, I, take that note down. Yeah, I, I, I hate words like unreasonable. Who who, deci- who decides what's unreasonable, right? Ultimately, the attorneys in the courts, right? If two people can't agree, that's... Exactly, and I feel like it's, it's us as professionals to unwind some of those ridiculous words that are so amb- ambiguous, I guess, right? If that's a word, but ambiguous. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> same, 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 same. But the, the point that I, that I think we should touch on this because the, the whole week we've been talking about startups and that is the theme and, and season two is startup 
uh, not startup, acquisition uncensored, we're heading there. But this is a point we probably should talk about is the assignment of the lease and how important that is to acquisitions. I've had some hangups as well where their transitions don't happen because the assignment couldn't happen or the landlord jacked up the price because they knew that this deal required an assignment. And you kind of you kind of have a situation there where, okay, I got to sign this lease and it's super unfavorable if I want this practice to purchase. So give me just one minute of this and then we need to move on because we are startup uncensored. <laughs> Correct. And, and to that point though, it is, it, some of these points are very important for startups too, right? Not today, but 10, 15 years or five down. I mean, no one knows what the future holds, right? If someone decides they get into a lease and say, I want to sell it, I want to move. You still got to get some of these risk mitigation factors ironed out at least. Um, but to your point on the acquisition side, uh, we do work in that arena for those doctors that are acquiring practice. Oftentimes, depending on where that lease is, um, we're able to go in, renegotiate, lower rent, get money for renovations, et cetera, um, you know, in return for basically extending or renegotiating a new lease. Right. So that's going to depend a little bit on where that existing practice is in that lease term. Um, but absolutely, I think uh, leases do hold up. You know, there's been horror stories here in, in Atlanta. There was one last year where a, a practice broker called me in a panic and said, can you look at this for me? Landlord's not agreeing to this. And I read the lease. The doctor was out of renewal options. So all they had was the remaining three years, which doesn't work for most lenders if you're financing right. an acquisition. Yeah, to, to um, that point, to that point, Andrew, hold that. Remember, listeners, most lenders want 10 years on a lease. Have to. And the ability to get to 10 years, right, through renewal options or extensions, et cetera. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely correct. They have to have it because they're, 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 of the loan. Um, but this poor doctor couldn't, it, it didn't work for the buyer then. And it was a large hospital group that owned the building who was more interested, truthfully, in having their affiliated doctors in all the space in the building than they were for a non-affiliated dentist, right? Mm -hmm. So the dentist had to sell the practice or, and merge it into another doctor in the area in order to get out because they didn't have rights to the space beyond the three years, right? So that is a, not a great situation. And, uh, you know, so these things are real life that happen. And um, the more, you know, going into a lease and a legally binding document uh, and, and the more you can negotiate renewal options, limit personal guarantees, get the assignment stuff correct, make sure, um, you know, maybe we can get a death and disability clause, right? To protect you as well. Um, and to make sure there's nothing crazy like a termination option. I've, I've renegotiated leases over the years where doctors have had these crazy termination clauses in their lease that they didn't really know about. That the landlord could come to them in six months and say, I'm going to tear down this building and build something better. You got to go somewhere else. And that is that's catastrophic. That's, catastrophic. And, and you know what? That summation right there, you know, that 45 seconds of some of the key points that need to be you know, focused upon in the lease. I mean, that's, that's it guys. That's, that's what we're talking about here. I want to get into now a little bit about, you know, your geographic area and I'm going to put a scenario because I love scenarios because this is what people can relate to. So we have, you know, let's say someone comes to you and says, Hey, I want to be in Knoxville. Uh -huh. And in your mind, you're saying, Hey, Knoxville is a little saturated right now. However, if you go on the outskirts of Chattanooga, there is a practice there for you, right? Is that something that you're willing to do? Or do you just say, hey, 
all right, you want to be in Knoxville, we're, we're going to find a spot for you. Or are there little pearls that you have that you say, this is the spot, this is, this is going to dominate it for you? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our process, when we meet for the first time, the first several times with our clients, is we want to understand exactly what they're trying to do and why, and, and understand the goals of their practice, how they like to practice, the patient population that they serve. And that certainly then ties into demographics and making sure they align with the type of practice you're going to have, um, but also your overall goals, right? Uh, are you a specialist, right? We map out competition and referral providers uh, for every client that we work with. So we, when we go into an area, your point, if you're going into Knoxville, you, you, you should know who your competition is, where they are, what they do, how they practice, how you're going to be different if it is quote unquote saturated in order to, in order to compete. Um, but yeah, if we know about an area, or I just had a conversation with a doctor that I'm actually meeting this afternoon. She said, I generally want to be in this part close to my house. And she started throwing out some, some properties and some new developments that we were aware of and um, looked at with other clients and I said, well, what about this? There's a brand new shopping center going up here at the, at the intersection of X and Y. And she said, huh, you know, I, I, I know about it. What do you think? I said, I think it's killer. Here's the demographics we've done. Here's the demographics from the so-and-so. Here's the competitions. It's, it's, a, it's in an emerging market. And, and so we're going to go look at it today. And it may end up working out. But it's one of those things that I, I actually saw this property 12 months ago when it was kicked off. And, and I thought to myself, I mean, there's new homes going up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it would be great for a startup practice, 100%. So we, so we absolutely, and I file those things in a file. And we track them because you never know, especially working with, 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 with dentists and health providers, like you just never know when that information is going to become uh, important to have. You know, the other thing that we do, we keep a database of second generation dental offices. So I've got a lot of clients with uh, multiple locations and those sometimes can be good fits if they're in the right area, right? You can save a couple hundred thousand dollars on build out. We do, I don't know, probably five to 10 of those transactions a year where a doctor is either doing a second location or maybe it's a startup who's like, hey, this is the area I want to be. I just saved $200,000 on a build-up. Yeah. So. Well, let me ask you a question, Andrew, about that. It, you know, you, you just dropped the word demographics like five times, uh, kind of in a, in a five-second period. And we interviewed a demographic company. And, you know, we, we try it. We've, in this program, we've tried to put pieces in place for people mm -hmm. to call on resources. And so you've got yeah. that only do demographics, but... I say you got to use both professionals and, you know, John, like as he was talking, you could tell he's got real world street knowledge on the ground right. level, whereas these demographic firms have data. And to me, it's, it's finding the intersection of the knowledge that the both, both companies have. Now, there's been some times where the real estate firm's demographic reports were probably good enough. Um, but big picture, like, and, and our demographic firm, David James would probably hate me for saying that, but that being said, it is, it is so important to have your real estate specialists like Andrew and his, his awesome company to really pull demographics and figure out the best, the best spots based on well, them. It's, it's an overlay. I mean, there's, there's, there could be little nuances of that report, you know, that I think could even enlighten you know, Andrew and Andrew's team. Um, that's, that's, you know, I, I have a question here. 
you know, so you use those demographic studies. And obviously in, in your area of the, the, the country, there's some rural dental practices, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you, especially for a young dentist that wants to be in Nashville or wants to be in Atlanta, you know, how do you paint this and frame this picture for these, for these young dentists to say, hang on a second, there, there's this opportunity. And I, I'll tell you exactly, Chan, you know, Chandler, Arizona, 15 years ago, there didn't used to be a CVS and a Walgreens on a competing corners. There was nothing there. Now there, you know, there could be four pharmacies on, on those corners. Mm-hmm. So how do you help frame this for these young people or old people that are, you know, trying to put a practice in a rural area that could be emerging down the road? Yeah, so I, I think the, the framework is, and I think the challenge that I've heard from other um, practice brokers, right, who have some of these great practices in rural areas. Uh, I know, for example, in, in Georgia, there's been a, a lot of difficulty for whatever reason. These are great practices, but getting a lot of young doctors to at least consider those um, or considering startup in a rural area. I think, it's, I think it's kind of twofold, right? I think it's gotta be something that the doctor obviously wants. We can tell them about emerging areas, but I've had plenty of doctors that say, mm, I don't wanna live there. I don't wanna commute an hour each way, even though that's a killer location, it's not for me. Right. Okay, fine, right? So I think it's a, again, it kind of goes back to our process of understanding what their goals and objectives are, right? Um, telling them about, I'll get that conversation all the time because there's a ton of people constantly moving to Atlanta, for example, and to Georgia. And they'll say, I want to be somewhere north of the city. I'm like, okay, that's great. But we literally have 10,000 opportunities to look at. Like, how do we, let's pare this down, right? So I think that's where the demographic and the information comes into play. And there are some great resources, like you mentioned, that, that help with that, that can help identify some of these things um, and some of these opportunities in some of these areas. Um, but I think ultimately it, it, it's sort of doctor specific. I can name you some towns that probably mean nothing in Georgia that I've always thought, Hey, there's, there's one guy there. There's two, two people there. Um, that might be a great opportunity, but a lot of doctors, um, what just don't, just don't want to go, go out there and be that, but you're absolutely right. I think, I mean, so there's, there's plenty of dental offices, you know, when you're the only game in town or one of very few and you look at the area that you're serving, they can do very, very well and have, Great offices. Andrew, what's your numbers? What's your KPIs? What's your what's your stats that you you go for? I you know, I, I've got mine growth, of course, doctor doctor per per location. But what's your stats for emerging markets? Yeah, no, I, I, I we look at all that. I, I like population growth, you know, depending on the practice. You know, I still think the core demographics of of age, income levels, housing. All that's important, right? I think, you know, in some areas too that are highly, highly dense or um, there's a lot of people that move in and out of markets. I've had a couple of clients over the years that have completely bucked the trend and have had fantastic dental offices, right? So there's, there's no one way to skin a cat, right? If you're that doctor that says, I'm going into area X and I don't care who else is there, I'm going to market, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, you can be successful. Right. There's still a large percent of the population, general population that is not going regularly to the dental office. You right. know, think about uh, what some of the corporate models have. And yes, all that information, you know, and they, and they spend they spend money on their research because they don't want to miss the location. Uh, but they also know if we get in there, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Potentially, we may spend more on marketing, we may do this. 
you know, we're going to schedule a little bit differently. So um, I say that to get back to the point. Location absolutely matters um, 100%, but there's, there's oftentimes there's been some things over the years. That, and I think what some of those doctors have hit on, too, it's, okay, I went into an area where there was a lot of, quote, unquote, saturation, but those were older practices. Right. They didn't have technology. Like, if, so if you do your research and you say, I want to be in an area, make sure you understand what your competition is, who they are, what they're doing, so you can be different, right? So, well, and, and you know what, to that point, you know, we had some practices that were in hot areas, right? Um, you know, emerging areas, young areas, um, really educated um, demographics in terms of income and education level. And then we also had some practices that were not in that er- those type of areas, right? What the doctor said, and sometimes we'd bounce some of the doctors from one location to the other, and this is interesting, this has to be thought of, the propensity for someone in those hot areas or highly educated areas, they're, they're more likely to get a second opinion than people in the rural areas or maybe a, a little bit different demographic study. So I want our listeners to think about this because... Those second opinions, if you're the second opinion, it's great. And if it's consistent, if the other one's the second opinion and they're in that chair, guess what they're doing? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So uh, our doctors would say often, hey, um, I want to work at the other location because my case acceptance rate was through the roof versus the other. Same technology, same everything. That's such an awesome point, John. Like everybody chases income. The generation tech savvy, but don't bite the hand that feeds you. That those folks are going to do more research. They're they're yeah. more educated just in general. So they, they know what a composite is. You know what I mean? Instead of a white filling. That's right. Hey, <laughs> let's switch this and go to the next topic real quick. I I kind of want to end in this area with with Andrew. Andrew. We've talked to all these real estate guys uh, over the, the and they, they have all been guys. Uh, we needed a little more mix, but it just turned out to be that way. Um, but they all talked about the challenges that they had in their marketplace. So like the guys in Chicago, they talked about the, the, the high rise issues that they have with those landlords. The guy mm-hmm. in California talked about you know, fractions of, of occupancy rates, like not even 1%, but even less. And you're competing literally against Starbucks. And so totally different game plan there in Chicago. You tell me what is the mid Atlantic, like that air, those areas that you serve, you tell me what's the culture of the negotiation and the challenges that you have in the the coastal areas. Great question. Really good. Yeah, really good question. I, I, you know, I think if, if there's a challenge um, in certain of uh, the markets uh, we're in, it, it, it's, I'd say there's two, two big things. So one would be if, um, for example, in West Midtown Atlanta, great opportunity. The growth in the residential sector is way ahead of where the commercial space is. Historically, that had been more of an industrial manufacturing area, and now it's become a great place to live. There's a bunch of high rises going up in apartments, um, and there's a lot of loft office, right? But the retail is coming. There just hasn't been enough yet. I, you know, you could probably put two or three or four offices there in that general area, and they'd be successful. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, I don't know. Um, 
you know, in certain sub markets that we've seen, uh, certainly, you know, in 2010, 11, 12, I could put a dental office anywhere in the city and they were begging for you to come to space. You know, we started seeing in 14, 15, 16 in town Atlanta, especially in the high rise office communities, a lot of those landlords have sort of shunned anything medical and they look at dental as falling into medical. And um, so it's been harder to get some of those folks in some of those areas because also there's been a lot of redevelopment, rents are sky high in the retail. Uh, there's a scarcity, so to speak, of it. There's not a plethora of, of retail space where we can go, let's go see X, Y, Z. Um, and it's gonna make sense budget-wise. Uh, but definitely in the high-rise office buildings, we've seen a little bit of that. And we don't want medical. And I think that's gonna start changing, you know, as, as we've started to see more sublease space in a lot of these markets come on, uh, uh, offer is available and people, less people are probably gonna return to work, right? So companies are trying to probably figure out right now what are we doing with our footprint? And as more space comes on the market, right? Rents, rents are going to get depressed. Landlords are going to have to make deals. You know, I think I think that pendulum's already started to shift a little bit. And, and the longer this goes on, you know, as far as the uh, the COVID nineteen situation, you know, and, and what the vaccine looks like and all that, and the confidence, you know, it's definitely going to create some opportunities, certainly for our dental clients, probably in most markets we're in. Well, that's a that's a great synopsis of uh, of not only your area, but I think it, it encapsulates some other areas too. You know, the, the bottom line is get prepared. You know, get a business plan together. Work with professionals within the industry, right? Like Andrew and his team. Um, but you know, Andrew, this was exactly as I thought it was going to be. You know, approachable, but with absolute professionalism and. Uh, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing for your clients, but also our viewers who hopefully are going to be your clients. And I, I, I have a, a, a sense that there's going to be a lot of people going to the mid-Atlantic area along with Crown Tenant Advisors. So Andrew, thank you for your expertise and what you're doing for the industry. Yeah, thank you. This, is, uh, this has been great. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity. If, if, you, if you all, all, all the listeners, all of our followers, if you haven't figured this out, these folks are the, 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 the front line of a startup. They'll introduce you to all the players, uh, get you on the right steps. I, I, as a consultant, have found myself coming into deals where they just got themselves a little bit ahead of themselves on the process, talked to the wrong person who got into the wrong network and Next thing you know, you're signing a lease with a Remax guy and signed a co with a contractor that doesn't even have a GC license. I, I mean, the stories go on and on. The reality is, as we finish up Shark Week, your real estate guy and gals just have it dialed in. It's like a tooth prep. You prep the tooth, step one through whatever. That's what these guys do. And they can get you into that process the right way. And so, and the best thing is, is they get paid from the landlord. So all they, uh, you know, the fee is covered and they just want to represent you. So I, you know, again, crescendo, exactly right, John. We ended this week and it's been a powerhouse week. I'm exhausted. We need to take Christmas off, brother. I, I'm, I'm done. But Andrew, thank you so much for being on the program. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, you know, one thing that we are always willing to do, um, we're happy to provide a free lease evaluation to anybody who may have questions. Um, no obligations, no strings attached. 
Uh, obviously, if there's an opportunity or things that we can flag in your market to say, hey, um, you know, here's where you are against the market relative to your rate, your terms, um, critical dates that you need to be thinking about, and anything else in a lease that might be a flagging point, we're more than happy to do that. I love that. Obviously, um, our, our viewers and listeners, uh, we have all of Andrew's information for you to get to him um, right below, right below. And uh, thank you so much. This has been amazing, amazing. And thank you for your stories. Those are the best ways for our people to listen and, and learn. Thank All you. right, guys, let's sign off. Thank you so much. Have a great Christmas. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another truth-filled episode of Startup Uncensored. Check out Startup Uncensored on Facebook and YouTube. Click like, subscribe, and interact with Michael and John.